0: Episode 25, Virtual Reality, an expensive way to be alone.
1: curtain at Hollywood Visual Effects, the craft of storytelling, and the people who make magic for screens both big and small. Hosted by showbiz veterans and new media entrepreneurs, Sean Apple,
0: PJ Foley, and Ephraim Patel. Welcome to another episode of 10 Giant Robots. Uh, We're back, but uh, again, we are are without uh, one robot. PJ. PJ Foley is out sick. He's in here. He's with us in spirit. Um, we've created an effigy, mm-hmm. although we, paper mache. P, yeah, P, P, PJ. We will not set it on fire we until promise. the episode is over. <laughs> That's right. And Then we'll have a ceremonial mm-hmm. burning of PJ's effigy, uh, no. marshmallows.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's just the two of us, but we are going to soldier on. Yes. And uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about—it's a subject we've touched upon before. Virtual reality. Mm. Over here. Over here. Over here. Uh, yeah, it's it's a technology that uh, you know everyone's really juiced up about, except me. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> well, I I'm interested in I, I'm I'm interested in it from an experiential point of view, but sure. I don't want to make it. It's a pain in the ass to make.
1: It is. It's a pain in the ass to make, and and one of the reasons why uh, it's on my mind is because. Uh, I'm, I've been approached by someone to, uh, at least discuss the possibility of taking something, uh, that I'm working on and, uh, making a VR experience from it.
0: So are you having a meeting to schedule a meeting to talk about a meeting?
1: Uh, we're actually, we've scheduled our second meeting to discuss the possibility of doing this VR project. Nice. Okay. Now I am, I am what you call a late adopter. When, <laughs> when there's a new hot thing i am the last person who will uh, tr- y- you know go anywhere near it you
0: hear about this internet web thing you're just I'm not still, I'm like, what, still don't buy like what's wrong with letters it's fake news um, <laughs> if
1: there if there was uh you know if there was a thing if Smell-O-Vision suddenly came out, right. there'd be people. There'd be the early adopters. who would be like, "Oh shit! I'm all over that man. <laughs> That's the new thing. <gasps> I smelled that movie. That's the best smelling movie I've ever." I would not go anywhere near it, right. for at least six months, right? You know, for time to find out if it stinks.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say you had to sniff it out. And to see you if sniff it was out. Yeah, there you yeah, go.
1: Yeah, right. um, but it's the same with like you know the new phones. You know the people who lined up to get that phone that explodes or burns on <laughs> planes. Samsung. You <laughs> know everyone yeah. lined up to get that. Oh, the new phone. The new hotness. Yeah. I shell out for that. I will wait. Because the new thing is always going to have bugs and problems, and it's going to be a mess of complaints and revisions and patches and fixes. And I just – you know what? So you're – Work it out, and if it's still around and people still love it
0: in six months to a year, I'll maybe I'll check it out. So here's my question for you then. Is it is it um, – are you a late adopter because you want to wait for the technology to mature so you don't go through all the pain of all the patches and the crappy? Or do you wait for technology to mature to even see if it's worth – like like so – I'm trying to separate the technical immaturity of a new technology versus is it valuable? Like, for example, VR is a pain in the ass still, you know, it's getting better. But like the experience is the are you like about the entire experience? I,
1: OK, In specifically about VR. Well, let me let me sidestep that question and say in terms of just new technology, like a new phone or, right, you know, new right. whatever. Um, it's 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 just about function for me. Right. OK. It, like I've got a phone that works well, mm-hmm. and a new phone comes out, I'm not like, oh, God, I gotta have that because right, I saw an ad for it right. or whatever or because I'm a slave to this brand. <clears throat> um, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, previous episode,
1: Apple versus Mac. Uh, but, uh, you know... Uh, Apple versus Mac. So, so I, I'm not going to give up what I know
0: works for something that might not work. Right, and so... It was, fair enough. And so what? so the thing... Do you ultimately decide to adopt a new technology when it successfully addresses a problem that you've wanted to have solved technologically yeah, like well, oh there it is that like thing the, does the, the thing.
1: benefits even if it's something i didn't even know i wanted solved when the benefits of that new thing outweigh what i right. perceive to be the you know the, the 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 pain in the ass of it either it's, it's more r- expensive or it's going to take time to learn or adjust or i've right. got to migrate my stuff over to this new thing or whatever whatever it is i'm not going to do it until i'm convinced it's like it's, improves your it's life. It's worth it. Right. VR, I'm not convinced, is going to improve my life. And there's also this this sort of like mass hysteria around VR, and we've talked about this, where um, everyone thinks this is going to be, this is going to blow away all other forms of media. It's going to, to it's going to revolutionize storytelling or, you know, in five years, we're all going to be just living in our helmets. I don't buy it. I don't want it. I wouldn't even mm, want that right. to be the case. But in terms of the storytelling um, uh, capabilities of VR, I'm not sold. What I am sold on on VR is what I think everyone is sort of uh, seduced by, which is the amazing capacity for when you put one of those helmets on to be transported to another
0: location. Right. It does su- it does successful immersion. Like it really, you really do. Your brain is adequately fooled, and that is ninety nine percent of the value the same of vr and you know like my the, the, the <laughs> still one of the apps of my my favorite apps right now with the vive and i have to i have to put it on i haven't put it on in a while um just to see what what's out now um in terms of apps but i thought the google earth thing was worth the price of buying a vive to be honest with you because i felt like the value that it offered me in such a new and compelling and immersive way, there is no other way to have that experience. I'm other than not familiar this. with that
1: experience. Oh, I have to show you. Well, show well you. in yeah. a, in a nutshell, what does that do?
0: Um, you uh, again. This is a little. It's difficult to explain VR by talking about it. Um, but go, so you know, Google Earth. Have you ever looked at Google Earth? Uh, we've met. <laughs> okay, but you know, uh, they're they're recreating three dimensional topology that not sure. just cities and not just mountains and stuff like that. So yeah, that it's yeah. a terrain. So what this does is this, um, instead of you observing it, uh, at a distance on just on a screen, you know, and clicking through it and still you can do the 3d fly through. This is literally, it's not literally, it's virtually the experience of, um, okay. So let me make this analogy. Have you ever been to a train store or a model store or a hobby store where they have a, have you seen the train things where they do the mountains and the yeah, little yeah. train stop like that? Yeah. that but it's the world. And so it's miniature? Yeah, but you can change scale because it's all digital. Uh-huh. So your physical size and your relationship to the world can change based on how close you are to the ground. So can I go down to can I yep. do like Google Street View you and, can will it, and will walk it around. Be,
1: will it be more awesome than Google Street View?
0: Uh, yeah, cuz the experience is. Now what you have to keep in mind now is this is very this is 1.0. And so yeah. when you get to that level, it's really big polygons and really it's it's surrealistic because the detail stops us or just because you you know. So you if I, I want
1: to feel like a giant, the Jolly Green Giant walk around. You could, that's in really effective. Hollywood, then
0: right? Or or Venice, Italy, and yeah. there's something really compelling about standing in the middle of Venice, Italy, and your feet are in it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounds so ridiculous.
1: I you'll, just can't. you'll have to see it,
0: God. and it sounds ridiculous. It but, sounds so ridiculous, but what it does. I'll I'll have to show you. <laughs> you'll have to show yeah, me. Yeah, because it it and the thing is, is that it is ridiculous. But when you're doing it, <laughs> sorry, I, I really will. Interrupt. I really will have to show you because I you'll go, I, you'll be impressed. I'm sure it'll be neat. I, I because
1: I, I, I don't doubt that.
0: Uh, so, and so it offers two experiences. First of all, it offers an experience you've never had and can't have yep. in, in any other way than virtually. The other thing too is, it's <clears throat> a ridiculously educational experience.
1: See, that's to me like I've talked about what I think are the useful or, or the, the, the most likely uses for VR in the future. One, I think video games, I mean everyone agrees. Yeah, mm-hmm. video games, yes, yes, yes. Maybe not all of them, but there will be I think that will be a thing. Right. 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 Um, I don't think that movies will be replaced by VR movies.
0: I would I would I would not be surprised if we saw some um, m- mutation there, you know, like yeah. it's not a movie and it's not a video game, but it's some sort of experience that's a fictional experience and it has some sort of compelling time element to it. And there is some sort of challenge. I don't know what that's that is. That's the thing
1: is that that it's an experience. It's not, a, it's not a movie. It's not a story. It's an experience. When you right. get into a VR landscape, it is you're experiencing this place <coughs> and there may be some sort of drama inherent in the environment, but it is you're always going to be at arm's length from this experience. And so you're going to stand there like a time traveler or whatever, like a, like a, someone just transported into this place and just look around. You're you're
0: Ebenezer Scrooge. You can't talk to anybody, but you can observe everything. Right. Right. right.
1: And, and there's, there's going to be really neat niche experiences. And pseudo storytelling done in those arenas. And I think some people are going to like you, I'm sure someone will come up with a super creative way of, of of making that work with one Uber specific idea, right? But it won't be like, oh, we've cracked the code, and this thing. Now we're all telling See,
0: movies in VR. I look at it this way: is like, I, um, uh, you know, I I just think it's a different format, I, and I'm not a format. I think it's just a different media type. It's a new media type, and I don't think it's going to replace film uh, storytelling. The other thing too is, I, when you are standing up for. An hour in VR, it's it's tiring. You're standing. You know the thing that that a movie is necessarily a passive experience. You know it's not an intellectually or emotionally passive experience. It's a very active one. But. Your your ass is in a chair. Yeah, you know? I, I watched. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. And and so and I think that's the difference is like nobody's gonna want to stand through a two hour movie. It's no, not gonna happen.
1: A, I watched a five minute VR short the other day on the Vive or no on the Oculus, and it said you should best uh, watched standing up. So I stood and I was annoyed for five minutes right standing because and and in, at the end of the day it was like no I didn't have to stand I could have easily sat exactly there was right. no, there was no reason. compelling reason there was no yeah. reason to stand that's right and um, you know when I'm watching something like a movie, which is what this was. Right. It was like a little play. Right. Uh, You know, I I like to sit. I like to be relaxed. And I could have swiveled around and looked, you know, because each one of these VR experiences, and this is a pet peeve of mine, like you start it up and you hit play, there's always buffer time. And the buffer time is not to buffer the image. The image is there. It's time for you to crane your neck around and look at everything before oh, oh, something right. the looky, happens. The looky-loo thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like we assume you want to look at everything we've painstakingly created.
0: Right. All the money that we've well, thrown away in the though, 360. But that's just the immaturity of the technology. Because if you look at, like, you know, when when motion picture cameras started, when Edison started shooting stuff— they just thought it was a capturing medium so they literally they if you wanted to capture a story you'd take it to a theater and you'd put it back at the back of the audience and you'd get a wide shot and you'd just watch the play mm-hmm. a pre-recorded version of the play until somebody realized you could start moving the camera in and doing close-ups in it, then it developed into its own medium. But before then, it wasn't. It was. It was basically a, it was a play. I'm sure if you
1: took Fast and Furious at, back in time to to that same theater and projected <laughs> fast, it, like know, French, ha-
0: like five
1: minutes in, people would be puking and leaving the theater from motion sickness sure. and from you know overstimulation from the fast editing and all the other stuff. So I'm I, I'm sure that in another ten twenty years. People are going to have developed, you know, its own
0: language. It'll be
1: there'll be a much greater um, capacity to 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 sort of have the moving camera, the things that give you motion sickness. Now, will be improved, and and people's the audience's ability to to safely watch those things will be improved as
0: well. And you know, when you think about, I agree, and I also think too, the 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 language of it is not there yet. And I think when what we're concerned about is. it can't replace movies is because what we're trying to do is we're trying to translate the, the, um, the language of story of filmmaking into something that's not that doesn't lend itself nicely to that. And I think when you think about, um, the big difference I was talking about the Edison where you, you know, where you just, uh, film the stage play, the whole proscenium and just let it play out as one shot. What happened was, is not that somebody figured out how to move the camera and do close-ups. And so you could actually, the director could decide what you're looking at. Whereas it, when you're an audience watching a play, every audience member is the director. You know, you can get subtle cues by throwing a line on somebody and not at somebody else. So you can sort of direct the eye, but you can look at anybody on stage. But here's my other point, is that what actually happened when you moved the camera is your point of view went from objective to subjective. And now you are actually in the environment. And that allowed you to become a more... Uh, even a more immediate um, observer, you know, like a voyeur, than you are in a theater, you know, because you're you're still a distance away from the people, so you're projecting yourself. But here, no, you're actually in it. Yeah, you no, know? you
1: can get into the action. You can get into close-ups. You get editing, which works on a psychological level. Right. you and that's the language create, of film. Create ideas within the mind of the viewer and 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 uh, associations. And you involve the viewer in a way that you can't when you're when you're a distance away sitting in the audience looking at a theater. But, you know, there's also a, a reason why theatrical experiences were not designed in 360. You're not in the audience with well, they, some with, of them are with. Well, there's a 360 audience.
0: Right. But, well, no, you, there's you, been. S-
1: but you still have a proscenium.
0: You uh, check into it because there's a lot of other kinds of theater. Sure. Yeah. But
1: they, they, we're talking special niche theater. And I think that's where VR lands is in a special niche place. I think because you know you're always going to be at arm's length from the action. It's like watching you know scenes from a Robert Altman movie where he likes to shoot people telephoto, right. You know from five miles away, <laughs> right? And maybe you'll get a zoom, but it always feels like you're looking at people through a telescope, right? That's kind of how it is with VR. Like you're not you're you're you're, you're in someone's house listening to them argue in the next room.
0: And I think that. You know, it's so here would be an example of maybe a potential next gen where it steps up that thing, and we're not there yet in terms of a lot of things. But so imagine that it has voice recognition, the the 3D goggles, the VR goggles now have a microphone, and it essentially has Siri or Alexa or one of these you know um, technologies. Now picture Clue, the movie Clue, but now picture you are one of the characters in Clue, and all the other things are AI-driven. Yeah, it's so, a video game. That's, that's called sure. a video game. Okay, okay, but, it, but even at the core, there is some, and I guess you could argue this with storytelling. So to differentiate the two, one is a passive experience, the other one is an active experience. Sure. So what you're saying is that VR as a passive experience is meh, or as opposed to... Um, uh, a video game where it's designed as a active experience.
1: I'm saying as a storytelling medium for a passive viewer. Right. So, but the key here is passive. Yeah. Passive. Right. Um, it's, it's meh, uh, or at least it's extraordinarily limited compared to the tool set that we have. And I'm not saying that we can't develop tools for storytelling in VR. I'm just (laughs) saying that we're not going to find a one for one set of tools where it's like, Oh, we can totally, we can't tell, Kramer versus Kramer in VR.
0: It'd be so, so it's, cool that you'd like, be in the middle of the argument. You're actually standing between the two. You're actually in the way of the argument. You're reaching out and helping
1: him make pancakes. Yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> it, it, no, it's it's just Kramer it's a, versus Kramer. It's
0: just a <laughs> VR. <experience>. Steel Magnolia is <laughs> right. now in VR. My dinner with Andre. Um, <laughs> and you're the waiter. You only get to see part of the conversation. He going back to the kitchen and.
1: I think you'll you'll get like these these interesting experiences. Because it really is about transporting you to a place like that's I right. saw one of the most interesting ones that I saw um, on the Vive the other day was um, it's an undersea uh, experience. From Is that the whale? The, well, uh, that's called, I think it's called Blue Blue Sea. Yeah. And the yeah. whale one was interesting. Right. It was well produced. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's good. It's well right. produced. Like, it, it, you know where you're supposed to look. Right. Even though it's 360, you know where you're your purcinium is. Right. Right. Just by the design of the wow. environment that's
0: the language right. That's starting
1: to develop right. it's the language. Subtle, but not everything can be that way not everything like you're well not, you're, also you're also standing still lo- you're not
0: moving through a space on that either, right
1: but not every single experience is going to put your back up against a, you know the corner of a room so you know oh i'm not so supposed be, to look back there it'd be
0: funny if that became a rule it's like yeah. there's always a wall there's
1: always a tree behind you yeah. whatever yeah uh, so like you know i understood where to look and it was there was a lot to kind of check out before the whale showed up but that wasn't the interesting one. From that same company, they had a couple other optional ones. And one was an anglerfish. And I'm like, oh, has anyone looked at this one? And I clicked on it. And suddenly, I was in the dark. Um, and one of my handheld devices oh. was a flashlight. And as soon as I started fl- flashing it around and realizing there was shit all around me, like close. Right. And I was in an unfamiliar environment. And I didn't know where the fuck I was supposed to look. right. I had the most visceral experience I've ever had in VR where... I just felt chills. I felt creeped out, even though I knew I was safe. I was like, anything could be anywhere, right? And I was just like wildly, fl- and I was, I was basically inside of um, a, a bunch of whale bones, a whale carcass. Oh, cool! At the bottom of the ocean, right? And it was just dark, and there was just sediment everywhere, and a little floating fish, and you know, there was. The, I found the anglerfish eventually, but it creeped me out. And I'm like, you, could, there could be anything in here, and right. how cool would that be? Right. Like, it's like. It's almost like, you know, going into a haunted house, if they could just transport you into a dark part of the haunted house and you have to navigate and you don't know how many rooms you have to go through right. or whatever. like right. That to me, I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. Right. It's, right. I agree. So, um, you're, yeah, so you're you not pooping the whole
0: VR thing. No, you're just like, I'm
1: not. But again, it wasn't storytelling. Right. It, you know, I could walk, I could take the helmet off and tell you a story about how it unfolded for me, the experience. Right. But that's not the same thing. It's but that, it's still just an experience. It's right. the experience of being
0: in a place. Right. Right. So the
1: place is a and, and story.
0: And a place that you wouldn't normally be. Like, uh, I mean, to probably state the obvious with VR, but like, you, you know, the chances of you actually physically being in that environment are probably unless you turn into get a, into deep sea diving or something like that. You so know.
1: another, I think really interesting use of VR could be to, for educational purposes, like if you imagine you're a history teacher and you could like, okay, class, we're going we're now going to go to Gettysburg or, you know, right. or, or we're going to, you know, uh, jump to whatever the fall of Rome and 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 you could be there as a fly in the wall cuz that's a, essentially if you're there with characters you're always going to feel like a fly in the wall like looking at people's backs or right. the sides of their heads and right. and listening and like what are they, what are they saying? Right.
0: Um, it's like it's the equivalent of being an extra in a movie. You're not really part of the action. You're kind of background the entire time. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's almost like some some weird theatrical experience where where there's not a full audience. It's just you. You pay an extra expensive ticket to go in and be the only audience member. Right. And the and the and the play happens around you. Right. Like, oh, This is cool. Right. But it's it's still just this weird sort of like you know experimental theater, and it's you know it's it's kind of weird, but. In terms of being educational and instructive, and sort of transporting these kids to like to tell someone about a battle or to tell someone about this important moment in history, and then to be able to put them there exactly, that could be extremely powerful. But the problem there is it's extremely expensive to produce these
0: things. It is, but here's the thing: is like you know, um, arguably, well, well, not arguably, you know, the Gettysburg, uh, um, you know, the battle at Gettysburg only played out one way. You know what I mean so it's not like you have to do oh multiple iterations is like it played. it's and it's pretty documented now the specifics of who shot who at what given time that would be open for but the thing is like you only have to develop that experience one time now well it depends on how you do it
1: if you if you if you get a bunch of reenactors uh, on you know, in some field and and pyrotechnics experts, and you like uh, rehearse it brilliantly until you've got everything down, and then you can just plop your 360 camera in the middle
0: of it and capture it, and then stitch it. And and then so you're, t- this you're you're little. So you're talking about not even a 3D immersive thing. No, no, no. Just like I'm, a saying,
1: movie. I'm saying that's a 360 movie. That's one way of doing it. The okay. other way would be to go full VR, where you're in a game engine, right. And every single character is a game character, is a is a you know a, th- a generated. 3D generated right. character in a 3D environment. Yeah, you only have to figure out one one outcome or one set Permuted, of actions, right. but goddamn, that's a lot of work to create the environment and all of those people.
0: It is. I mean, it is, but I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to create a video game. So, you know, it's, you yeah, know, but that's
1: a video game. Like video games are extremely like, uh, there's an incredible market for it. Oh, f- fair enough. The market f- for textbooks for high school, maybe not. But if you so think much. about,
0: it, um, and that's, I totally am with you in that. There, the there's not, um, there's not necessarily an economic marketplace for that support it. But if you look at, uh, the pace of technology and you look at, um, you know, off the shelf, you know, um, mocap that you can buy and a lot of and a lot of this uh, AI generated motion, you know, that's happening. That'll eventually get to a point where you can wind the toy up, you know what I mean? And have it won't be total. It won't be the same as keyframe animated, really directed things, but it will be enough to convey the idea of this battle and the what happened there and where this played into the larger scheme of the Civil War and blah, blah, blah and so forth the the um uh yeah that's all i'm to say
1: yeah think. and and the, but those 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 things are going to be developed as the market sees fit
0: you know what i mean well, like uh, and, if, and also as technology ex- gets to a point where you know three people can generate the Gettysburg address as opposed to a team of 200. You know what I mean?
1: Right. If, if having three people generate the Gettysburg address for a VR environment is something that the market really thinks is valuable. You know what right. I mean? Like, but
0: but, it's, but, it, but you're only th- it's only three guys or three, three people that have to make a living. You're not trying to support a team of 200 people and a marketing and all, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's, I get it. It's I get, economic.
1: I get that. It makes more sense economically to do it that way. But in terms of the tools that would be necessary to, for three people to be able to create that in any sort of sure. usable right. form like i wouldn't assume that those tools are just naturally going to evolve because what tools evolve are dependent on the market
0: that's i totally agree i totally agree and i think what what's happening now is you're seeing i think one of the big drivers of a lot of this technology are the game the game engines and the ais and stuff like that you know and i mean if you think about one of the things in my you know in my um sort of memory um of a game type technology that has been transferred over to future filmmaking is an idea like massive, you know, massive is a artificially intelligent simulation of people. I mean, and that, that's kind of a game engine idea. You know, we're just getting to a point where we just you run a SIM, run a ton of SIMs until we find one that we really like, you know, like that one. And then we print it basically, you know, to use an old term. But, um, but you, you could argue that that technology is, in some ways came from the idea of these AIs and game engines, you know, going, Oh, we could transport that back. You know, that's an idea that translates basically,
1: right? Because so. you've got this big economic, sure. you yeah. know, uh,
0: uh, juggernaut, uh, juggernaut of, of right. video games, then
1: things, you know, but other guess, useful tools and, and, and it's, and it's visual effects for movies, which is also a very well-established market. The, the feature guess, film market. But
0: I guess my point is, is that, you know, um, you know, you get Tang out of the space program. Everybody can drink Tang. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's not just the space program drinks Tang. So at some point, these will become democratized and other people will find uses for them beyond. So to, let's look at medicine, for example, and, and VR specifically with medicine. You know, um, building CG characters was important to create, uh, you know, uh, AI characters or not even AI characters, just, just other people you know, or, or fantastical things that don't actually exist in life, you know. Now, if you take that t- technology and transport it over to medicine, oh, now you've got a really articulated three D model where uh, you could you could you could use it as an ed- educational tool for somebody in pre med. You could actually you know take slice through a person you know and look at different layers, and that actually exists now in the lab thing that comes with the Vive. You know, mm. um, but you you those are all benefiting from a technology. You're right that is economically robust that does generate you know um, enough income, but but other things. You know, um, benefit from that. And I think another one that is also true is the military. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, we we get uh, high-powered lenses from spy satellites. You know, we get really inexpensive, cheap, really high-grade lenses for our cameras and our iPhones because we get...
1: we get food, uh, food advancements, and, that, and preservatives. That's exactly and right, and all of that from from uh, military and space.
0: And so, I guess my point is, is that at some point, you don't have to be the financial juggernaut of the video game industry to benefit from the technology sure. coming from that. For so. sure,
1: for sure. But uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the financial uh, benefit that's coming uh, that that's flowing into VR right now is 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 based on the assumption that's happening right now. The the boom that's ha- the gold rush. Right. That everyone,
0: everyone is assuming that this is going to be
1: you such know, a big deal that it's worth well, pouring lots of money into and, VR.
0: And I would say too that I don't know that all of that is necessarily just hype. I think it's other people having experiences. Because my first impression is, you know, I'm coming specifically from the entertainment world, but when when I started, you know, putting the Vive on and really kind of experiencing it, what happened was is that it starts to occur to you the utility of this device far beyond just uh, entertainment experience, you know, nice. as an ed- educational experience, as an analysis, you know, as uh, medicine, you know, surgery, you could do all that kind of stuff, you know. So, I mean, I, I think it's, um, uh, I think it has legs, so to speak, because um, it is useful beyond its um, its entertainment uh, um, capacity and it's uh, the new gadget on the block you know it's not I don't feel like it's a fad in the same way I feel like stereoscopic is a fad and also if you think stereoscopic is pretty limited you know in terms of the experience that it creates it doesn't create an experience so different and so new that it, it gets your mind thinking like, oh, yeah, how could I use that for, you know, whereas VR, I think, very does, very much does have that kind of experience. So
1: so wrapping up in conclusion, I would just say I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm not of the mindset that VR is is just a gimmick. It's not smell-o-vision, and it's, it's, not, it's not stereoscopic. Um, I think it's going to have a lot of uses, but as I've always said, I think it's going to fall into sort of, uh, outside of video games, I think it's going to fall into sort of like a niche category. I don't think it's going to take over everything. mm that's okay. just that's just one man's humble opinion. <laughs> and in terms of um, you know, the idea of me uh being involved in producing some VR content based on some some other content I'm producing. Right. I'm I'm down for it. Mm. I just um my expectations of being able to, to tell a story. Uh I'm I'm keeping those those expectations low. Right. Because it's more I think it's more about the experience. Um and uh, and and how that how that experience moves, how, right. the, how the environment, the experience of the environment shifts and moves uh, in the time that you've you're in that environment, I think is is sort of how the story moves. I am that's it's still an evolving thought, mm. but uh, I, I uh, that's where that's where I'm landing on that right now.
0: One of the things I would say as sort of a parting note is if you want to see um, kind of what the feature film business is doing in terms of promotion using VR Check out um, uh, Kong um, Skull Island. Is it what's it called? I think, I think, that's, I think um, that's right. They have a, a, a high res, like a 4K VR experience that they just posted not too long ago. Hmm. And you're in one of the helicopters Oh, fun. You're flying through the thing. But I think of that in terms of your project of like, um, c- can it be an experience beyond just experiencing an event? Yeah. You know, and you're, you're just kind of along for the ride. Whatever happens is you have no control over. So
1: which is powerful. Yeah, it can and be. It's yeah. a great promotional thing like that. Again, the ability to be somewhere different is powerful. It is. It is. And um, I, I'm not poo-pooing that. <laughs> In summary, <laughs> not poo-pooing. Not poo-pooing. Just want to be clear. <laughs> no poo-poo. All right. Well, thanks, folks, for listening to thanks, another, uh, another episode of 10 Giant Robots. See you next time.
0: 10 Giant Robots is created and distributed by the 10 Giant Robots Radio Network in beautiful downtown Burbank, California. Our theme music was created by the incredibly talented Shane Knight. Follow us on Twitter at 10 Giant Robots or at 10GiantRobots.com.